are delighted to have Brother Jeff Archie with us here tonight and his good wife, Renita. She, uh, she's still running around with him after all these years. That's a testament to her. You know, Brother Jeff Archie is now working with the International Gospel Hour, and since 1934, he is only the fourth speaker to be a part of that great work, following in the footsteps of good men like Brother B.E. Howard, and Brother Winford Claiborne. And uh, Jeff, you began that work first of 2020, didn't you? The first of 2020. And I think that they chose the exact right person for that work. And uh, fortunately for us, uh, we've been allowed to be a very small part of that. We're thankful for that. And we're thankful for him uh, uh, being a part of that. Now, not only was... Uh, uh, Brother Jeff, a student over at the Nashville School of Preaching where they had some of the finest and wisest instructors. And this doesn't happen very often, but they invited him back to be an instructor from time to time. And not only that, he's been an instructor from time to time here at the Chattanooga School of Preaching. We appreciate him for that because you don't get paid for that. You don't get paid for your time. Uh, That's all voluntary, and we appreciate him doing that, using all of his knowledge over the past 30-something years to help uh, teach those classes, and we appreciate that greatly. Uh, Not only is uh, uh, Brother Jeff a wonderful preacher, but he is a great encourager, and I appreciate him for that. And from time to time, I get a text from him, and uh, out of the blue, he'll shoot me a text, and he's encouraging me about something or... uh, uh, he'll uh, send me a text about an article that I've written or something like that, you know, and that doesn't happen all the time. Usually what happens is people get all tied up in what's going on in their lives and their worries and their problems, and, and that's just kind of human nature. But he has done that since I've been here, and I really appreciate him for that. And tonight he is going to come, and he's speaking to us on Christ the Superior High Priest. Come speak to us, brother. Our song of encouragement will be number 274. 274 is the song of encouragement. We have been greatly encouraged by the singing of hymns tonight to worship our Lord in spirit and in truth and in song and how thankful we are for Brother Carl and his ability. I appreciate Rick's very kind words and thankful for his good work here and grateful for all that you do here at White Oak. When I was coming to White Oak, I told Renita, it was a couple of years, it was about a year and a half ago, that I kind of made a tour. I went to Soddy and then came here at 1.30 on a Sunday and went to North Hamilton at 4.30 about International Gospel Hour work. And I'm going to tell you, there's not a lot of preachers that are walking today that say that they went to three of their favorite places in one day. And I'm grateful to do that, and it's an honor to be here tonight. My, when I come down here, I told Renita as we were coming down, the Lord blessed us and brought us to this area at the right time because I was able to get to know Brother and Sister Randolph. I was able to get to know Brother and Sister Watkins and Brother and Sister Summers and a lot of those dear saints that have gone on. And uh, so grateful for them and their memory And thankful that we can press onward in the present as we look toward the future. 
Take your Bibles and go to Hebrews 7. We will not do justice with this study unless we read the text tonight. And then we're going to spend time talking about the superior high priest, that being Jesus Christ. What a great theme and a great study, and we'll do our best tonight. I appreciate Rick's kind words about International Gospel Hour. We continue to press onward. Been very well blessed with the good work and thankful for your efforts. Great to see Sequatchie Valley folks here, the Smiths and... uh, it's also good to see uh, Brother Harold and his beloved wife and uh, uh, all one arm of her, bless her heart. And so just great to see them and thankful for their encouragement in our work at International Gospel Hour and thankful for yours as well. Many good open doors have happened for us lately, one of which our television program. First time in the 87-year history, Brother Howard had desired to do television. Brother Claiborne was in the works. But we finally, the Lord opened that door and so thankful that we're on GBN a couple of nights a week and you can see us at our YouTube channel at any time. And so we're thankful for those open doors, thankful for what you have done. Some of you may not know this or you may have forgotten it, but the track, something is wrong, but the Bible is right. Rick blessed me with a great number of those for us to use at International Gospel Hour. I converted that track into... 30-minute broadcast and 15-minute broadcast. And uh, when I would convert that into a track form or into the uh, transcript, it's just easy. You just really read from the track and try to word it for radio and um, make the right breaks and everything. And then we would send a copy to anyone who would desire it. Well, we had a chaplain at a hospital in Mississippi contact us and said, can you send me 100 for the residents here? That was a great open door. We were thankful that we were able to do that because of your graciousness and the work that you do. And I'm going to tell you this. You got one of the best bulletins in the brotherhood. I love Rick's articles. Kathy does a great job with that. It's informative. It's helpful. Anyone that would get your bulletin will know what's going on with your work and the open doors that you grant and all that you do. So just keep up the good work, White Oak. You've long been a light to this area, and you will continue to be. Because Jesus Christ receives sinful men. Our superior high priest. Would you like to read about him? Let's begin in chapter 7, when we talk about one named Melchizedek. King of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him, to whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all, first being translated king of righteousness, and then also king of Salem, meaning king of peace, without father, without mother, without genealogy, having neither beginning nor days uh, nor end of life, but made like the Son of God, remains a priest continually." Now, consider how great this man was, to whom even the patriarch Abraham gave a tenth of the spoils. And indeed, those who are of the sons of Levi, who received the priesthood, have a commandment to receive tithes from the people according to the law, that is, from their brethren, though they have come from the loins of Abraham. But he whose genealogy is not derived from them received tithes from Abraham and blessed him who had the promises." Now beyond all contradiction, the lesser is blessed by the better. Here mortal men receive tithes, but there he receives them, of whom it is witnessed that he lives, even Levi who receives tithes, 
paid tithes to Abraham, so to speak, for he was still in the loins of his father when Melchizedek met him. Verse 11. Therefore, if perfection were through the Levitical priesthood, for under it the people received the law, what further need was there that another priest should rise according to the order of Melchizedek and not be called according to the order of Aaron? For the priesthood being changed of necessity, there is also a change of the law. For he of whom these things are spoken belongs to another tribe from which no man has officiated at the altar. For it is evident that our Lord arose from Judah, of which tribe Moses spoke nothing concerning priesthood. And yet it is far more evident if in the likeness of Melchizedek there arises another priest who has come, not according to the law of a fleshly commandment, but according to the power of an endless life. For he testifies, you are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. For on the one hand, there is an annulling of the former commandment because of its weakness and unprofitableness. For the law made nothing perfect. On the other hand, there is the bringing in of a better hope through which we draw near to God. And inasmuch as he was not made priest without an oath, for they have become priests without an oath, but he with an oath by him who said to him, The Lord has sworn and will not relent, you are a priest according to the order of Melchizedek. By so much more Jesus has become a surety of a better covenant. Also, there were many priests because they were prevented by death from continuing. But he, because he continues forever, has an unchangeable priesthood. Verse 25. Therefore, he is able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. For such an high priest was fitting for us, who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and has become higher than the heavens, who does not need daily, as those high priests, to offer up sacrifices, first for his own sins and then for the people's. For this he did once for all when he offered up himself. For the law appoints as high priests men who have weakness, but the word of the oath, which came after the law, appoints the Son who has been perfected forever. Oh, may the Lord always bless us with the reading and the hearing and the application of His Word. And tonight, we want to think about that superior high priest. But as we get to him, let's look at two things by way of introduction. And then let's look at the superior high priest, that being Jesus Christ. In verses 1 through 10, it's important that we take a brief study of Melchizedek. You know, like Jesus, he was a king called the king of Salem. Some believe Salem there would mean Jerusalem. He was a king like Jesus. He was a priest, but he was not a priest under the law of Moses. He was a priest mentioned in Genesis 14, 18 through 24. He is mentioned there with Abraham, and therefore that would make him pre-Moses or pre-law, if you will. Melchizedek was recognized by Abraham as one who was superior And Abraham was not superior to Melchizedek and nor the Levites that would come after him. Just the same way that the Levitical priesthood is inferior to the great high priest, Jesus Christ. This was so important to get across to these Hebrew brethren. To these who wanted to look back to the law. The Hebrew writer through inspiration goes back to the days of Abraham and of Melchizedek. 
and brings forth that he is speaking here in a prophetic way of Jesus Christ. Now, folks, verse 3 always has an interest when it says Melchizedek was without father, without mother, without genealogy, neither beginning of days nor end of life, but he was made like the Son of God, remains a priest continually. The Jews during this time, they had converted to Christianity. They knew this history. They understood it. Now, this does not mean he did not have any parents, for he was a human He was not the divine appointed high priest as Christ, but he was human. What it means is two things. He did not become a priest through the tribe of Levi. And secondly, the genealogy really did not matter concerning Melchizedek when they knew of his position and they knew of his work. And when we consider there are two powerful arguments right here concerning those that wanted to go back to the law. The book of Hebrews deals with the superior Christ in so many ways. The book is so rich. It's so powerful. As a matter of fact, I was amazed at the late Winford Clark in a writing in one of the old uh, Denton lectureship books when he tackled chapter 7. Oh, I was so intrigued and amazed by how he mastered chapter 7 in and of itself. But when you look, here are two powerful arguments. First of all, when the Hebrew writer through inspiration dealt with Abraham, he had him. Remember in John 8 when Jesus began discussing with those Pharisees and scribes about Abraham and how Abraham rejoiced in his day and how before Abraham was, I am And they thought he was being blasphemous, but he wasn't. And to the point that he had angered them so much, they were about to stone him, and he left that company. You see, the Jews, those converted to Christianity, even those that wanted to go back to the old law, they understood and they respected Abraham, and they could not argue with the point of the Hebrew writer in verses 1 through 10 of Melchizedek's respect to Abraham, and more so Abraham's respect to Melchizedek. He also gets across this point, that as Christ is a priest like Melchizedek, and Melchizedek is superior to the Levitical priesthood, then your only conclusion is this. Christ is superior to the Levitical priesthood. Now, notice with me, by way of introduction, a number two here. Verses 11 through 17, let's notice the service of the Levitical priesthood. The Hebrew writer is not showing any disrespect. He is showing that it served its purpose for its time. As your theme has been the shadow of superior things, I would believe the studies in and of themselves would be sufficient for a good way to accelerate a little bit more in the introduction here. As you studied a matter of the superiority of the law of Moses, the superiority of the priesthood of Aaron, those things have already been established in previous lessons in this theme. But I want you to notice with me, verse 11, that the Levitical priesthood had brought no perfection. And in verse 12, the law has changed, and he was telling them we're no longer under this law because there's a change in the priesthood. And to these readers, he's saying this, if you can understand transition from Abraham to Moses, and if you can understand transition from Melchizedek to the Levitical priesthood, you should understand this change to this superior high priest. And he comes right in with verse 15 and reminds them, and yet it is more, far more evident if in the likeness of Melchizedek there arises another priest. 
He is defending Christ. He is showing the superiority of Christ for these Christians. I want you to notice verse 14 that we read. It is evident that our Lord arose from Judah, of which tribe Moses spoke nothing concerning priesthood. Texts such as Isaiah 11 and verse 1, Jeremiah 23 and verse 5, even Matthew chapter 1. To these readers at that time, you want to grasp genealogies? I will give you a genealogy as Jesus came through Judah and how God had him to come through the tribe of Judah. I love verse 16 when he says, Note the one who has come, not according to the law of a fleshly commandment. He did not come to the tribe of Levi, which there was no perfection, but according to the power of an endless life. Endless life. There could be no endless life for the Levitical priesthood, for they, according to verse 23, there were many priests, they were prevented by death from continuing. The late Robert Milligan in his commentary on Hebrews observed that there would have been about 67 different high priests from the time it began up until the life of Christ. All 67 had lives that ended, but there was one high priest who would have an endless life. And he is on the right hand of the Father as affirmed back in Hebrews 1, verses 1 through 3. I would point you back to verse 17 of the testifying. You are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek, a prophecy in the book of Psalms, Psalm 110, verse 4. We find that mentioned often going back into chapter 5, even over into chapter 10, always referring to Jesus Christ as the high priest. So what do you have? The Levitical priesthood had served its purpose. And there now is the power of the endless life, the superior high priest. And let it be suffice, or let it suffice to say that every work of a human high priest under the law could never exceed the power and the work of the divine high priest, Jesus Christ, who pleads on our behalf. Dear friends, that's your introduction to get us to where we need to be. In order to get to the superior high priest, let us establish, yes, the study of Melchizedek in and of itself, right. Let us look at the service of the Levitical priesthood in and of itself at right time. Now he wants to remind them of Jesus Christ, the superior high priest. I will tell you, I texted Rick and I said, this is a thrilling study. I, uh, I appreciate Rick's kind words about working with the schools of preaching. And, and I love to get back into some good study. Go back and see. Let me look at this. Let me study this. Do you all ever have aha moments in your studies where you come across something that just stands out? When I was studying this and looking at that endless life, to think about Christ, the superior high priest, what all he provides. Let's begin by looking again at verse 26. In verse 26, he was the right fit. Fitting for us. Not Melchizedek, he's passed. Not the Levitical priesthood, they're buried. Jesus Christ is the right fit. The right fit. 
There are occasions in preaching that sometimes preachers are the right fit for a congregation and sometimes they're not. And you go on. But with Jesus, he's the right fit. Look at verse 26. He's holy. Well, he expects us to be, 1 Peter 1, 15 and 16, a quote for it is written, going back to the book of Leviticus, which indeed is the book of holiness. He's undefiled. Well, he expects us to be. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and the widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unspotted from the world, James 1.27. Notice he is separate from sinners. He expects us to be. 1 Corinthians 15.33, be not deceived, evil communications, corrupt good manners, good morals. 2 Corinthians 6, beginning with verse 14, to come out and be separate from the world and how we should conduct ourselves. And then we see that he's higher than the heavens. And higher than the heavens, but here's the fact. He is higher than the heavens, but he's not unreachable for you and I. He is the right fit for us, the right high priest. Melchizedek could not get the job done for us today. There's not one Levitical priesthood or one Levitical priest could get the job done for us today. But this high priest, Jesus Christ, can do so, and he is accessible. Oh, this is rich. Would you consider with me that through the great superior high priest Jesus Christ that we have access to a better covenant? We noted verse 12, a change of the law. Verses 18 and 19, an annulling of the former commandment because of its weakness and unprofitableness. Verse 22 calls Jesus the surety of a better covenant. Oh, y'all, you got to get a hold of that word. The word surety there, and in some translations, it translates it guarantee or guarantor. And it speaks that he is one that will follow up on a promise or will actually deliver something better. And this is a powerful word used here, and the only time used in the New Testament to bring forth the emphasis that Jesus Christ is the one, the only one, who could get the job done from a transition of the old law unto the new law of which we are under. I love when people follow through with a promise and then some. Went up to record the other morning. Went up early. Because the air conditioning unit we've had the whole time we've owned the house had seen its better days. And so when you are combining recording the International Gospel Hour and enjoying a sauna within that small studio, it's time for a change. Within two days, I called a company. I'll tell you who it is. Action Air. They didn't pay me for it. Called Action Air. Came out that afternoon. Gave us a quote. Replaced the unit yesterday, all done in one time. I like that kind of service. I like to call and get it done that day. Mr. Archie, we can be to you in two weeks. I'll be dead by then. <laughs> I will die of heat stroke. I'm sorry. You know, I, I want and I've got to employ patience, I realize. But now admit it, folks. You like to get it done. Because something else is going to come around the corner. 
Jesus Christ got it done. The surety of a better covenant means he followed up on his promise. He delivered something better. And as our mediator of the New Testament, here in the book of Hebrews, chapter 9, verse 15, for this reason, he is the mediator of the new covenant by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions under the first covenant that those who are called may receive the promise of the eternal inheritance. I take you to Hebrews 12, 24, to Jesus the mediator of the new covenant and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. And 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 4, that there is one mediator between God and man, the man or the one, the Lord Jesus Christ. It is a major theme in the book of Hebrews that we are no longer under the first covenant. We are under a new covenant prophesied going back to Jeremiah 31 and that fulfillment brought forth in Hebrews 8, 6 through 13. And we're reminded in Galatians 3, 22 through 28, how that the law was our schoolmaster, our tutor that brought us to Christ. The little boy leader brought us to Christ, did the part, then Jesus takes over and continues to instruct just like that tutor, just like that schoolmaster would prepare the child and bring it to be educated. He has done his part. The law had served its part. And there is neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither bond nor free. There's neither male nor female. You are all one in Christ Jesus. He died once for all. Melchizedek could accept tithes, but he could not die for people. The high priest offered up all the animal blood they could get a hold of. Couldn't get the job done. Well, we have a superior high priest that brought us a better covenant with better promises. Next, would you notice that he gives us access to obedience? Look at verse 25. He is able to save to the uttermost. And earlier in Hebrews chapter 5, especially verses 8 and 9, though he were a son, yet learned he obedience through the things which he suffered. And having been perfected, he became the author of eternal salvation Unto all who obey him. And then he also adds in there in verse 10. Called by God as high priest according to the order of Melchizedek. There it is again. The commandment of what we can obey. Under the covenant which we have been brought to. This covenant that we have. There is access to obedience through Jesus Christ the high priest. And there's more. Melchizedek was like unto the Son of God, but he wasn't. The priest under the time of Levi came through the tribe of Levi, humans, men that died. This high priest has something a little extra. He was the only begotten Son of God. So now we have access to to this superior high priest as the son. In Hebrews 5, 5 and 6, he is reminded, you are my son, today I have begotten you. And listen to verse 6 again. He says in another place, you are a priest according or forever according to the order of Melchizedek. Somebody says, Brother Archie, why do you keep bringing up and reminding us of that? Because the Hebrew writer does. And he reminds us of this prophecy fulfilled from Psalm 110 in verse 4. 
When you look in Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 27, who does not need daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifices, we saw this moments ago, watch verse 27, he did once for all when he offered up himself. And then remember verse 28, how the Lord God Almighty appoints the Son who has been perfected forever. He purged our sins, Hebrews 1 verse 3, as the Lamb of God, John 1 29. He was the one that gave his life. We look at Hebrews 9, 11, and 12. With more power as the superior high priest, Christ came as high priest of the good things to come. With the greater and more perfect tabernacle not made with hands, that is, not of this creation, not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood he entered the most holy place one for, once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. Access to a better covenant. Access to obedience. Access to the only begotten Son of God who's on the right hand of the Father. And that takes us to the next one, number four. We have access to the throne of God. Look at Hebrews 4. Oh, dear friends, we're faced with a lot of challenges in life. Oh, how we are faced with so many things. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession, for we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. A sinless high priest. You suppose Melchizedek sinned? Yes, he was human. You suppose those Levitical priests sinned? Yes, they had to offer up sacrifice for themselves, for they'd offer up for the people. But here is Jesus Christ, the great high priest without sin. He is the one that, according to 2 Corinthians 5, verse 20, took our sins upon him. He's passed into the heavens. He's on the right hand of the Father. And that's why I love verse 16. Let us therefore come boldly, boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. The power of prayer that we can speak to the Almighty God through the great high priest, the superior high priest, Jesus Christ, on the right hand of the Father, to have access, to have an audience. Brother Archie, would you like to have an audience with President Biden? I would accept that. I'd like that. Brother Archie, would you like to have an audience with someone in the political realm or someone famous about the Bible? Sure. But let me tell you something, y'all. As Christians... We have the best audience, and he has the best audience. To pray to God through the great high priest who's been where we've been. It's as Christ would look at the Father and say, I know him, I know her, and we're able to pour out our hearts. The eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and his ears are open unto their prayers. Praise God. First Peter 3.12.
when we can pray without ceasing, 2 Thessalonians 5, 17, which means we will never cease to pray. When we think about that persistent widow in the gospel accounts and how Jesus taught of that persistent widow continuing to go to that judge and go to that judge and go to that judge and go to that judge. Finally, he just said, for she will leave me alone and give her what she wants. Jesus taught a great lesson that our Father bears with his children. And I'm thankful that the Lord never gets tired of me making the same pleas. The Lord never gets weary of me coming to him. And it's thankful to see how he can answer our prayers. Through that superior high priest, we have access to the throne of God. The next one. We have access to growth. I take you back to Hebrews 5 and verse 12. He tells them the time comes you ought to be teachers. The time comes you ought to be teachers. You have need that someone will teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God and you have come to need milk and not meat or solid food. Everyone who partakes only of milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to them that are of full age. That is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. The power of growing in the gospel. The power of growing within God. To look at the desire of meat. Rick, your grandson, is growing like a weed. And I remember when you were carrying me. Doesn't seem like it's been that long. I'm sure his diet has changed and is going to continue to change. He will eventually be blessed to understand the importance of eating a crystal. He will be blessed to understand the importance of eating some of the best steaks you can put in your mouth. He's going to grow and he's going to mature to where he's going to need much more than infant food. None of us, unless it is a special diet or a need, would reach back to make Gerber baby food part of our diets. Because we're growing, we're maturing. We have access to growth through the superior high priest. We can grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, Second Peter 3 and verse 18. It is amazing of the feedback that we receive at International Gospel Hour of people that are striving, wanting to know more, wanting to learn more, and how individuals will reach us. We received a very interesting note from a dear lady in Puerto Rico that learned of us through our app, as she said, through our app and Instagram, and how grateful for any door the Lord will open. And she wrote and she said, thank you. For the victory in Jesus study. And I'm serious. Here's what she said. She said thank you for the victory in Jesus study. That I spent time with you teaching me. Rather than me correcting everything. I love that. Because that says. This is the source that we use. This is the word of God. That we direct people. Toward those things. To help us to grow. To grow in studies such as this with your summer series. Now, chapter 7 was my assignment. 
But I've got to go into chapter 8 just a hair. Look at chapter 8 verse 1 to where there is a transition and it says, this is the sum. Let's add it up. Here's the main point. Here's the main principle you get from this. As the high priest over the house of God, Hebrews 10, 21, that's the superior high priest, Jesus Christ. Back in Hebrews 3 and verse 6, whose house are we? He's over our house. In 1 Timothy 3 and verse 15, Paul tells Timothy to behave himself in the house of God which is the church of the living God. And we are thankful for the superior high priest who has given us a superior covenant, superior salvation, the superior son, the superior throne, and allows us superior growth allows us that we can respond to that great high priest. He has paid it all. Before he ascended into heaven, he walked on this earth as a man. He said in John 8, 24, except you believe that I am he, you shall die in your sins. He allowed people to believe in him as the Son of God. He taught us to repent as a command, lest we perish, Luke 13, verse 3. Taught us about confessing Him before men, Matthew 10, 32 and 33. And said as part of the Great Commission, He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. He taught us the importance of loving one another, that new commandment that He gave, John 13, 34 and 35. He taught about His church that He would build and establish Matthew 16 and verse 18. He then came back years later as he spoke through John, the revelator, and encouraged that struggling church in Smyrna that was faithful to be faithful unto death. Don't you let up. The superior high priest has instructed us what to do to obey the gospel of Christ, to be added to the house of God, the church of the living God, of which he is our high priest on the right hand of the Father, and he paid the price. How can any of us who who have yet to obey the gospel of Christ turn away from what we have seen tonight, all the accessibility that is there to respond to Him for our provisions to help us live? And dear friend, if you have done that, but as a child of God, you have allowed the world to take your focus more than the one at the throne of God. That the things we have discussed tonight that have been accessible to you, you have not grasped. Is it time to come back and once again come to that great high priest who paid the price, who paid the sin once for all, to come back to confess those sins, to let us pray with you, to let us pray for you, to be restored to the one faith, all due to the superior high priest who continues to receive sinful men And he will receive you now through his invitation. Will you come as we stand and while we sing?